Ladies and gentlemen, stand cheer for the Bulldog Fans Podcast. Here's your hosts, Matt and Scott, on their way down the tunnel at ANZ Stadium, on their way to the microphone. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up. Go up as one for Matt and Scott, the NRL Bulldogs Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Bulldogs Fans Podcast. I'm Scott and I'm joined by Matt. How are you, mate? Yeah, yeah I'm not too bad. How are you? Yeah, good, good. I'm just we're going to start the show on a sad note. Uh, yep. The passing of uh, rugby league legend, Western Suburbs Magpies, Newtown Jets, Tommy Rodonicus, passed away at age 70 from cancer. Uh, it definitely shook the rugby league world yesterday morning when the news broke. Uh, it, uh, a figure that was uh, bigger than the club he played for. Like, you know, he was a legend through. He wasn't just a club legend at all. He was through and through. Origin time, you saw him out with his passion. Uh, so definitely a sad, a sad day to see a rugby league legend go. So starting off, starting off on not on great terms tonight on the podcast. Yeah, rest in peace, Tommy. Well, let's try to turn this around. Luke Thompson returns this week. The the British Bulldog is back uh, for his first game of the season. You could almost see him wanting to tear off the suit where they you know they're the game day suit they wear with the blue button-up shirt and all that. You almost feel like he wanted to tear it off and get into the Bulldogs kit and play this year. Uh, watching, he must have been itching to get out there. So how good is it to have Luke Thompson back this week? Yeah, it's good. I'll tell you how good it is after this weekend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, look, we need, we need a lot from him. He's got a big ask uh, coming into the side. He's going to have to be the forward leader. Uh, he's going to have to go for the year injury-free, and we're going to have to see a big improvement from last year. Uh, last year, COVID, uh, flying in, quarantine, all that story. Uh, fa- uh, fair enough. I thought he was played decent under the circumstances, but he needs to become a real leader if we're going to see some improvement from the pack of uh, the Bulldogs. Uh, and I think at the moment that's where our biggest weakness is. People are looking at the um, scoreboard and three games in a row with zero points. Um, but points will come when the forward pack dominates. So now the forward pack is not dominating. Mm, I must say, though, don't know if it's because of the the game day kit they wear when they're doing their media responsibilities and all that, but he looks big, it's in particular around the shoulders area, around the shoulders and uh, uh, biceps type of area there. I don't know if that's just the suit uh, getting the size too small, make yourself feel like you're popping, but no, he just looks really fit. He looks ready to go. So hopefully, I mean, the only concern I come up with this week is that no trial football. He was un- unable to participate in a trial this season. So this is going to be his first uh, real hit out. Well, his first actual yeah. hit out of the season. Um, and he's going to be starting in the front row. Yeah, but we um, need him to. <laughs> we, yeah, yeah. We, we just need him to. Hopefully yeah. he's had a pretty good preseason that comes out firing. Uh, it's good to see the current day version of the British Bulldog back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he's also joined by the skipper Josh Jackson, who had a, a one match suspension. Uh, you can always tell that uh, I don't know. Listen to the interview with uh, Sammy Parrott, who was at Stadium Australia on the weekend with uh, our our captain Josh Jackson. You could almost tell that he didn't want to be there. He wanted to be yeah. over there in the warm ups where the, the boys were and being pre- preparing for the game. It's actually uh, quite is... weird seeing the Bulldogs run out with Josh Jackson at the moment. Yeah, he's been a part of our side for such a long time and. Uh, face the club, I reckon, as captain as well. So, yeah, I, I've read an article this week saying he's only missed two games in his career for a suspension. So, a long situation that for him. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I'm going to go with this pronunciation for this player's name because it was said by Steve Allen at Stadium Australia and no one seemed to correct it. So I'm going to go with Dallin Watane Zalesniak also returns. I think massive boost when you actually think that we've only scored three tries and two of them have came from the hands of Dallin. Uh, you have to say massive boost. But I actually thought he was playing pretty good footy. Like so much so I gave him uh, two points against Penrith. Uh, I thought he was dangerous. He's going to bring kick returns back. Uh, he's going back to the number one jersey, and I'm, I like that move with no Nick Meany. I mean, we'll talk about this, the team changes very soon, but I like him at the back. If it's on the wing or at fullback, his kick returns, you know he runs. A fa- uh, he just runs through. He'll run for a brick wall for you, and he'll do it time and time again, kick returning. So if you can get them running straight, we we'll, should get a good start to our sets. and. That's yeah, what I'm looking that, forward that, to. That's what his strength was when he first came to the club mid-season a couple of years ago from Penrith who went straight at fullback position. He really added something there, so hopefully he can do that again. And uh, hopefully um, he's all right under the bombs. I'm sure Melbourne Storm will test him out. Yeah, but the one thing I think I really think he came to Canterbury to get the opportunity at fullback. Let's face it, when he first came, he definitely added a, a, another part to our attack. Our attack improved. When Dallin yeah. was playing fullback. Another element he, to the attack. He's going to be running off Kyle Flanagan now too, so that will be interesting. Yeah. Unfortunately, he had the poor start last year and saw the shuffle around. But if I had to pick out of Dallin or Hopawati at fullback, I'm glad they've gone with Dallin. I feel like speed of the back is important. Getting to a good uh, set return, quick play the ball, and then push support, really. Like, big push support. You need that, and I think Dallin brings that. Dallin will be pushing off everyone and I wouldn't be surprised if he actually be one of the players who breaks our drought this weekend Why, like a Luke Thompson offload eh into Dallin well, I was going to leave this for later in the show Scotty but bold prediction <laughs> of the week well, not only will the Bulldogs break our drought this weekend but we'll be first to score ooh I like this you know you know, your bold we will prediction... go on to lose, is my prediction, but we will be first to score. You could have just stopped there. You could have stopped at first to score. <laughs> but yeah, so I actually feel with Dallin, I don't know, I, I, it would be funny if a Luke Thompson offload or something where Luke Thompson starts the the play with a good run or something. Wouldn't that be funny with you know the returning players link or something? I don't know. But I've got a feeling that Dallin at fullback will bring something that Nick Meany was bringing. But Dallin, uh, Dallin's strength will be just that little bit extra in kick returns where, unfortunately, we're not going to get uh, the the fullback who does those runaround plays and gets those passes on the chest all the time or those tap-ons perfectly like Nick Meany or Corey Allen's strengths are. But we'll have a fullback who will run through brick walls. He'll be not afraid to run at the line when they're going for sweeping plays as well. So you never know. We've been constantly a team that passed a lot, especially under Will Hopawati at fullback for the last year. Yeah. Always get into a position, then pass. Uh, Dallin might bring one running, so maybe the Melbourne will be able to watch a pass from the fullback and then Dallin goes sliding through. You never know. That worked well before. Maybe not with Melbourne, though. Yeah, Melbourne <laughs> is too smart for that. Yeah. Uh, interesting. While we're talking about it, let's just keep rolling. Nick Hotrick onto the wing. Um, that goes to the point you're making about Dallin, too. Uh, Kotrick's biggest strength was those kick return meters and first hit-ups of sets as well, like Canberra. Uh, I know he has been dropping back a little bit um, whilst playing at centre, but it'll be interesting to see how that changes his game as well. Mm, yeah, I 
I've got a feeling. I, I agree with what the more and more I see footy these days, the more it's developed. The wingers became a more important clog in anyone's team. Yeah. Maybe ten years ago, you could have a winger who doesn't have the kick returns or a smaller winger, five foot eight nine. You know, not particularly tall. As long as they're quick enough to finish off set plays, you're no longer required to finish off set plays anymore. You got to start the set a lot of the times. Yeah, so you got to make them. Yeah. yeah. So and you know how important for your forwards. It is if you can get onto the front, you get onto the front foot, get tackled on your on your front, get a quick play of the ball, and someone like Dallin and Nick Kotrick are players, often or not, get a decent meetage, get some decent de- uh, decent meetage up the field, um, get the good starts to the sets, and that make puts the pressure off the forwards. If we need people to have pressure off the forwards, if we're if a team needed it, Canterbury's the team that needs it to get pressure off the forwards. So I like this change. I I think I'll go for it more when we talk about the game late in the week. But I actually like some of the changes that have uh, been done by Trent Barrett this week. I'm, I was actually pretty happy by it. But let's actually talk about the Good Friday, uh, some maybe a bad Friday clash. Bulldogs failed to trouble the scorers again. South Sydney scoring 38 points. I actually tipped... Don't know if you heard me at the stadium. I was saying South Sydney by 36. Yeah. Pretty damn close um, by that. Um, let's just talk about the game for a bit because I must say for 15 to 20 minutes at the start, we're in it. We're in it. You cannot deny that we're going with South. Actually, I think we're better than South. We're making meetage. We're going well. We just couldn't turn field position into points. When Souths get a chance, they turn it into points straight away. Yeah. Uh, it was definitely an improved performance against uh, Souths than the previous week against the Broncos. Uh, there was, um, well, Trent Barrett says he sees patches in uh, the performance of, of quality. I could definitely see what he's referring to in this game. Yeah. There was large periods of time where we did really well, we competed really well. It was, it was even uh, only 14-0 at halftime. Um, so no, by no means out of it at all. Um, it's one of those things. There's no resilience. Uh, it seems in the, in, the, in the team on game day. Um uh, there was a call, you might be able to re- remind me here, Scott, but there was a call that went against us down at South End. Um, was it not down by... at South End. And as soon as the call went against us, I said uh, to okay. our group, South will score. Yeah, and you're right. From this set. And they went up the field, the little bell went off, they got six again, they went the rest of the field and scored a try. It's... It's stuck yes, the, right the video for E. The video for E when we were contemplating was a knock on Bulldogs and was knocked oh, out. Oh, it's going to be South. a dropout. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Gonna, and, yeah. yeah. And that was, you could see the dogs were confident that it was going to be a dropout. Call went against us. Seven tackles set at the 20. Uh, set restart try. And it's just things like that that are really killing us at the moment. Lots mm. being made about the zero points and, and all that. And, you know, as fans, you don't want to see your team not score. You don't want to see your team 
uh, lose. But I think the more pressing points are those type of things happening than zero on the scoreboard, to, for me anyway. The points will come. If you shut down those situations where things go against you, uh, doesn't result in a six-point turnaround, uh, you'll be able to build enough pressure to score yourself. So. Mm. I've got a feeling it's been something about Canterbury last probably three or four seasons now that we get deep into games and under Dean Pay's thing, there was a stat, a crazy stat, I can't remember exactly where, Dean Pay was losing by under eight points for like 10 of his games or something, like eight or less points. And it feels like we get deep into the game or we get deep into a, a patch. Like for South, we were going 15, 20 minutes with them before that actually happened. And then it goes against us. A call goes against us. And you see some of the players, you can see that they've really drop. Confidence drop. Not all of them. And then the call doesn't, well, not call goes against us. But you can see every time South went 14 nil, it was like 6 nil. You could see some of the players, you could start to feel they were dropping. And then it just felt like the, the longer the afternoon went. Like we've got to be able to respond better. To yeah. cause not going, not just cause going out not our way, but in general, like not everything's not going to go your way. That's the one of the first things about playing any sport. Yeah, you could be a hundred percent sure that it's your core. Yeah, and the referee sees it differently because they're standing fifteen meters on a different side, and that's just the part and parcel yeah. of sport. You've got well, to, the, the then, core might have even been correct, but it's just the yeah, it's just the mentality thing that we're pointing out that. You expect it to get a drop out, and it turns into a seven tackle set, and then straight away they got to score. Mm. Need to get that out of there. Yeah. So we. I tell I, you what. What concerned me the most? Yeah, I like this. Here we go. It was actually post game. Trent Barrett for the first time in the post game said uh, something along the lines of, "The question was, how do you fix what's what's going wrong?" And he mentioned recruitment. And that was majorly disappointing because it's around four. Round five starts tonight of a 25-round season with finals in the World Cup. At the end of it, it's a long rugby league season. And around four, saying things like, we fix it by recruiting. Well, that's a bad sign to fans, isn't it? Mm. Riding the season off already? Like, well, we're going to be... In all honesty, we're probably going to be zero from five. You're not going to make the finals after losing your first five games of the year. Uh, That's just a harsh reality. But to hear from a club official, the head coach, to be like, yep, we know how to fix it. It's recruitment. (sighs) It it was a bit of a dagger to the the emotional heart there. Mm, Can I add something? Like Every game he's been somewhat positive about moments. Newcastle, but yeah, Newcastle, it was a decentish game. We started off well. We probably should have went on we to win that. that. Yeah. Should have went on to win. Yeah. We didn't. We lose against Penrith. We held him very tight for long patches of time, and I saw where he came from. Our attack was a little bit, wasn't up, wasn't good enough, but defensively, for long periods of time, we were competing. We versed Broncos, and to describe that game was the worst performance in Canterbury. Oh, for, yeah. Since I can, what I can say, I saw yeah. was it was pathetic. Yeah. No, many players can walk off saying, "I did, like Nick Meany was probably the only player who can walk off and said, "I did all I could to turn this into a result for Canterbury." 
He said, I saw patches. And I was questioning last podcast. You can go back if you want to and listen to it. I said, where? Where are the patches that you're seeing? This week, he came across more negative, saying our attack is pedestrian. He's now questioning our attack. He came across more short and sharp to media. Instead of before, he's been trying to talk up Bulldogs. Now it's now thing. Has he gone zero and four? History tells us we can't make finals. So that's it. Or has someone had a chat to Trent Barrett after that or something? Or did he have a meeting scheduled? I don't know, by higher-ups. I'm just saying, where did the attitude change and why has it changed? Like, he knew he said that we were not going to go under done the season. He said that we're going to compete with all the big, the big boys. If we're not going to win, we're going to be there and there's about to make it very difficult them for to win. Yeah. So far, Penrith did it with ease, despite them having a tough first half. Overall, Penrith will say that's one of the easier games they played. Yeah. Um, Broncos, the team who can't win a game, smashed us. And Newcastle, yeah, we we'll probably should have won that one. I would say we, the way we started that, we should have went on to continue, and we didn't. So, apart from the first game, we haven't really showed any competitiveness like what was promised. And now we've flipped the switch against the good South Sydney side. Like, that's a really good South Sydney side. Like, we could have probably done better, but what was the attitude change? I don't know. That's what I was just trying to think, like adding to your thing. These attitudes now switched in the thing. I don't know if it was just, you know, four losses in a row can do that to a person. Yeah. And I'm not blaming him, but did something get said or... It's interesting, though, because if we played like we did against Souths, against the Broncos, I reckon we'd probably win that. Yeah, we win, or if we lose, it'd be a very tight contest. Yeah. And it would actually yeah. been a decent game to watch, as opposed to what we actually were given to watch. All right, I um, think we're starting... Yeah, I just want to just... Yep. So, I'll, yeah, I'll roll it on just to add something just for this South Sydney game. We spoke about the issues and stuff. That's three games in a row where Canterbury, like I said, we were spoke about didn't uh, trouble the scorers. Uh, the Bulldogs, the first team since 1974 to not score 20 points in their first four rounds. 16 of them came in round one, by the way, to put that in perspective. Bell, Maine was the last team in 1974. Bulldogs are the second team in history to be held to zero point, like, zero points in three games in a row. The first team was Glebe in 1928. So I just thought we'd just add that into... Cronulla, Cronulla did it in 2014 too, I read this week. Oh, did they? Well, yeah. I was reading... No, so I think that you got the Glebe one slightly wrong there. Uh, Cronulla lost three... Ah, ga- oh, sorry. Didn't score a point in three games in 2014. We become the second NRL time to oh, do it in the NRL era. Um, I'm not sure where that leaves us for the whole history. Okay. Um, Glebe... I think we're the worst attacking side since the 1928 Glebe side over the course of the first four rounds. Yeah, okay. So I'm trying to paint the picture that it hasn't been a good start. That was the picture painting. We'll go into the points in saying that we've been pretty negative. There is some players that I think can walk off the field and hold hold their heads high. Um, I mean, we can also add to that that Nick Meany... uh, suffered oh before we actually go into the points and all that uh we can talk about nick meany uh fracturing his ribs uh lachlan lewis suffering concussion on his uh return to nrl before we go into the points our trainer what is he doing go on what is our trainer doing like lachlan lewis 
got clobbered oh, yeah. by a poor like Lachlan Lewis. Unfortunately, like we know, we're going we're going to have. Some, I thought he played. Well, he did what he could in that short period of time that he was uh, taken off the field. But for him to fall and be held up by about three or four South Sydney players showing deep concern that he couldn't stand properly, to be given the thumbs up to the sideline saying he could play with a head knock, he failed. He couldn't even do a HIA assessment. He failed it instantly. That's how bad he was. So they, when he went back to the tunnel, that's it. They pulled the plug. There's no chance he was coming back. But the trainer... To give the thumbs up, the guy stumbled. Like, I could more understand if they took him off straight away and in 15 minutes he returned. That would make more sense. But for any... You didn't have to be a medical expert by any stretch of the imagination to know that he was in deep trouble. And then you didn't have to be... You'd know if the NRL's head policy. He, That's an instant takeoff. We all knew it. Everyone yeah. sitting in the grandstand we were sitting around knew it. We were sitting going, why isn't he taken off? South fans are saying, why isn't he taken off? I don't know if we're buying time to run a message out to Jackson Topine. I yeah. don't know if that's the strategy because Trent Barrett did admit after that he should have been instantly taken off the field and removed straight away because it did look good. And then another one I want to add, I noticed this at the game. You might not have noticed this if you're watching the Good Friday Clash on TV. Nick Meany, who suffered fractured ribs, will still yet to find out exactly... Uh, an estimated return to play for Nick Meaning. Straight away when he got hit. He got hit in a good shot. There was nothing illegal in the shot, so I don't want to add anything. He looked in trouble straight away. He was groping. He was staying on the field. He stayed on the field for another minute or so, walking out the background. Gasping. Really strong. Yeah, gasping Grope. for air. Not groping. <laughs> oh, did I say groping? Sorry, <laughs> gasping. Yeah. Groping. But gasping for air. Yeah, we yeah. saw him. No, I was groping at his ribs. I was going to say, like, he was... He was grabbing at the sternum. I thought it was a sternum injury watching it because he was grabbing very the middle of his chest. Yeah. He was gasping for air. He was struggling. I could see from where we were sitting at the Stadium, at Stadium Australia that I said straight away, I think I turned to one of the people in the group. He, I said, he's gone. He's gone. Our trainer, thumbs up for a two minutes later to be taken off the field or a minute and a half, whatever it was. What is he doing? He broke his ribs. That is not a thumbs up in any situation. We have a HIA that was clearly a HIA and not taken off. That just my thing is what's happening. Like that is poor work. And I yeah, just... look, the Lewis one in particular. Like the trainer's not a doctor. He you could argue that he doesn't know if a player's got broken ribs or not. Um, I suppose um, that one. I thought maybe they'll figure that he might have just been. Winded. Badly winded, yeah. uh, but I've never broken my ribs before, so <laughs> I don't know if winded could be compared compared to broken ribs or fractured ribs. Um, the the Lachlan Lewis one was a worrying one, wasn't? As soon as it happened, we like as you said, we knew he wasn't playing any further part, or we thought he wasn't going to play any further part in the game straight away, especially because of the way. Well, he showed all the signs, didn't he, that you look for. He went weightless. Um, then he tr uh, tried to get up, but only his head was getting up. The rest of his body was flat on the ground. And then when he eventually did manage to flip his body over, he tried. He stumbled and fell over trying to get up. And the South players, yeah. Uh, South, yeah, three of South players saw it and grabbed him and held him up to, yeah. to prevent any further damage. Uh, it was a bad look. I remember... Um, 
I even said at the time, geez, the NRL's probably going to find the club here. Mm, well, they, please explain. Because they've uh, allowed him to play on an extra two minutes. But I'll also, you're calling out the trailer <laughs> there. I'm calling out the fans. Some, Not all the fans, but some of the fans. When uh, Lachlan Lewis got up and went back into the defensive line, there was a cheer of... Uh, and admiration from some of the fans that uh, he took that shot and he's going to play on. I think as a game, we should be past that. Mm. With, a head lock, with a headlock like that, that's that bad, and we know about headlocks and and what it can do and all that sort of stuff, we shouldn't be reverting back to the old culture of, oh, he's got knocked out, but he's playing on. How good's that? No, the culture needs to change. The attitude needs to change. And I think it has... From the game itself and the media covering it, some of the fans cheering that. You know, it's not like he's he was down with an arm injury and he's got back up and mm. he's going to play on with it. It's a headlock and it was a bad headlock. It was. There should be no admiration for allowing somebody to continue playing in that state. Mm. It was almost as bad as his last headlock against Souths, which was his last NRL game he played. Just yeah. no, I'm just saying that's how bad both of them were, and I do feel sorry for Lachlan Lewis. And I actually hope he recovers well from that HIA because that uh, the head knock. So not the HIA. I uh, hope he recovers well because that was uh, that was an ugly shot. Unfortunately, his head got in the wrong position. So I wish him all the best in his recovery back to playing playing footy. Let's get to the points now. Sorry, I went off pathway. I just instantly came to me that the thing. But let's get yeah. to the points. Let's do you want to start with the ones. Yep, shoot. I've got the debutant Jackson Topan with one point. Played 73 minutes on debut. Like we said, with Lachlan Lewis going off, no one expected him to be on the field within the first 10 minutes of the game. Nor did he. 46 <laughs> tackles. He played a bit of hooker in that as well. He's not a genuine hooker for those who are not 100% sure. He's a back rower. Is his preferred position. He's got a bit of a utility in this about him. He's a, just a football player. But that second row is where his the third position is. Forty six tackles, not one miss next to his name, on debut, playing seventy three minutes, eligible for jersey flag. Yeah, pretty good, pretty solid debut. Will you give it circumstances and and all that? He's not even a hooker either. Yes, back rower too. So there you go, playing out of position. Um, I've got Nick Meany though for I my mean, one point. Um, I thought. Um, he actually showed some pretty good signs right up until Latrell Mitchell squashed him. <laughs> he did get squashed, didn't he? Yeah. Um, um, like a bunny underneath the wheels of a forward drive. Quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, I thought Nick Meany was one of our, our best options in attack, so I gave him one point uh, there. And uh, two points. I'll go first with this one, Scotty, because we've picked the same player, so he gets a bonus point as well. Uh, I think Jack Everington played his best game uh, since coming to the club. Yeah, amazing. Almost broke through for a couple of tries there. Yeah, amazing. 57 minutes. Now, yep. put the perspective. He came from Penrith as a, like a reserve grade, a fringe bench player. Yep. So he's big chunk of the game. 16 runs, 169 metres, 76 post-contact metres, two tackle breaks. Like you said, looked dangerous. Definitely, you know, ran hard, pushed on hard, like just really trying to lead a, a platform. It was the best our forwards looked, and that's probably why we kept them... We kept in the game for so long for like that twenty minutes, and yeah, hopefully uh, with um, 
we spoke about it earlier quickly. Uh, Jack uh, Luke Thompson coming back in the squad. Hopefully that helps Jack Everton out. They can build a partnership together now. Hopefully. All right, let's do the top two because that's five players <laughs> at the moment. Uh, Nick Manny currently leads on six points, Scotty, and then tied in second. Nick Kotrick, Kyle Flanagan, and, yep, Jack Edrington uh, with his two points from yourself and from me and a bonus point uh, goes up to five points. One of those seasons. Tied in second. It's oh, it's still, it's still early on as well. So we'll see uh, how, that shapes. how that shapes up later. Yeah, let's move on. We're back at Stadium Australia. This game was originally meant to be at Perth. For those who are wondering, before we start talking about this match, your membership card will get you access if you're a full season or a four-game membership. You will have access to the Stadium Australia Saturday night, 5.30 kickoff. So for those who are asking... I think I'm glad that the questions have came through and, you know, we said we'll help out as much as we can. But yes, this game originally wasn't meant to be a membership game because it was meant to be played in Perth, but it's now been shifted due to the COVID back to uh, Olympic Park. Therefore, we get this. The Gold Coast Titans game being played later in the year is going to get shifted away from originally, I think it was Bank West Stadium, away to a venue that hasn't been announced yet. That game will not be a part of our memberships, the Gold Coast Titans yeah. game. And just but while the, you're on that game, the Gold Coast Titans game will likely at this stage be played in a rural New South Wales town. Yeah, sweet. At awesome. this stage. Good. Head out if you can, but that's a long way away. So we'll just say, but again, just reiterating, Bulldogs vs Storm, you got your membership cards, get down there because those things will scan, the green light will come on and you're going to watch us. We need every single member and fan, Bulldogs vs Storm, at Stadium Australia, I know it's been a poor, a poor start to the season, but as a marketing ploy, Josh Adokar, future Bulldogs player, don't get to see him much in person. That's pretty cool, pretty cool. Ryan Pappenhausen, what a player he is. Scored more points in a couple of minutes than he did for for Canterbury this season. Yeah, what so. a player he is. Uh, Brendan Smith, the cheese, fan favourite for anyone. Like Everyone loves the cheese. Uh, <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Uh, you know what? I'm going to add this one. Christian Walsh, he's become a fan favorite. Uh, just does his job, his thing. Cool. How good is this, right? Melbourne Storm full of uh, superstars. You know what I'm saying? Try to at least enjoy enjoy the, the fact that you don't get to see these guys often because this game was meant to be in Perth. And when we do play games away from home, Melbourne are usually the team uh, that gets shifted a lot. Yeah, so, absolutely. They don't play in Sydney too often. That's what your point is. So let's yeah, get out and yeah. have a look at the players. Uh, Remus Smith up against his old club. That's there we go. Pretty cool. Um, jo- uh, Justin Ollum, just to add to that, he's a weird and fabulous, unique yeah. player. So Lucky the game is at Stadium Australia and that there's no Fijians on our side. <laughs> the Remus Smith. <laughs> Brought it back for the season 2021. All right, the Bulldogs team, uh, we've gone for a little bit earlier, but it is Dallin Watson-Aze, Elizabeth at fullback, Nick Kotrick, and Tui Katoa on the wings, Will Hopawadi and Corey Allen in the centre. So Allen shifts uh, into the centre position there. Avarillo comes back from his ankle injury into 5'8 with Kyle Flanagan up front, the return of the British Bulldog, Luke Thompson. And Jack Edrington, the hooker, is Yoli Katoa. Uh, second row is Adam Elliott, Corey Waddell, with Josh Jackson locking the scrum. That's been said that way for a while, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> I like, I like. Pulling back the old ones. On the bench, 
uh, with one point on the Player of the Year awards on the podcast, Jackson Topine, run off a Tony Dylan Lauper, off a Hickey Ogden, and then the reserve list looks this way. Brandon Wakeham, Chris Smith, Dean Britt, and Joe Stimson. So who's the 18th man, you reckon? Just thought I'd add that. Just Yeah, interesting. I wasn't even thinking about that. I'm going to go... Uh, it's a hard one. I'm going to go Chris Smith. We'll get the 18th spot. Mm, fair. But, yeah. Uh, looking at the Mounties side, I'm going to go Dean Britt. Don't know why. Is, is he like in the team? I don't think he is, but I could... No, I've got to double check that. But I don't know. I feel like if if any of think uh, HIAs, it's a weird one because do, what do you put a half back there and then take the risk of losing like all your forwards or you know what I mean? And it's going to be. And I know you, for those you can't be selected 18th man every week, so it's going to be like a bit of a rotation type of thing. Um, no, you'll feel they change the rules on that. So. So it's not Chris, a developing player anymore. It's got to be a player in your top 30. Yeah. So Chris Smith, yeah. Dean Britt, Joe Stimson, and Brandon Wakeham, all four of them have been named to play this week uh, against the Mounties. But they, oh, for the Mounties, sorry, they actually uh, will play on the day after. So therefore, one of them can, you know, yeah, be perfect. at Stadium Australia then if not required. Or They're at Leichhardt Oval this week up against the Western Suburbs Magpies. Yes, they are. All right, 20 years ago, or let's say 25 years ago, if you told me the Western Suburbs Magpies were playing a home game at Leichhardt Oval against the Mounties, I would not believe it. <laughs> yes, but we're looking at the Bulldogs and Storm game. Oh, yeah. What we've had it is, can we score a point was one of yes. our things. We said yes, Dallin Watanese-Lesniak is my tip to break the drought because, hey, he's already got two of the three tries. Why not give the ball to him and see what he can do? Um, but with Luke Thompson, Jack Harrington, if Harrington can just mimic that game a little bit, you know, get those good meters. That's a good 169 run meters last week. Sets a platform. If Thompson can go around the same, we've got, hey, we've got a bit of a platform rolling here. We've got something, you know, rolling forward. Uh, Josh Jackson, you know, tighten up our defensive a little bit in the, in the middle thirds. Uh, I feel like, though, Josh Jackson, he needs to... Be, be a player that needs to crack 100 metres a game. That needs to be like the minimum standard for him so we can have our middle forwards really uh, tr- troubling the metres. And then you've got your Nick Kotrick returning the ball with Dallin. Pretty good. I, I like I like Corey Allen at centre this week. What do you what do you think of that one? It's been interesting. A, yeah. That's interesting. I thought they might have uh, had him on the wing, but maybe he's in... Centers because Tui's on the wing. I thought he was going to play fullback when meaning. Yeah, Dallin was a surprise at fullback, but I'm interested to see how he goes. I don't mind the move. Uh, look, lots going to depend on uh, Luke Thompson, like we already spoke about. I think we covered most of it already. It's interesting though. Harry Grant named the jersey twenty-one. I saw that as too. Well, yeah. uh, so does he come in for Nico Hines, uh, dropping off the bench? Does he come in for George Jennings with? Nico Hines going on to week. That's, you know, I don't know. You know, I was like, oh, Harry Grant's coming back. Uh, good probably, idea. Probably will play. It's probably not a good thing for us. But uh, who would he replace? Well, if Nico Hines plays, well, it's oh, probably a not talent. a great thing for us. Either, he's so. a talent, isn't he? Nico Hines. Look, I mean, are we, if Nico Hines just wants to switch teams for a week, yeah, play fullback? Look, not, not a lot of um, positivity looking into the... the crystal ball for this one but like i said 
We will not only score this weekend, we will uh, be the first team to score a try. I like that. I'm going to hold you to it. And if you're right, I don't know, you'll get a good rap on the podcast next week. How about that, eh? <laughs> Thought it's good you're going to have bragging rights because I'm not too sure if we'll be the first to score, but I've got a feeling it, this week ends now. And it's funny because I feel like Melbourne's probably a better defending side than South, but I feel like we've got a couple of good players returning that can cause more damage. That would have been nice to have against South Sydney. I also feel like Melbourne are actually starting slowly this year. If you go through to the Melbourne Storm games, uh, their first halves, especially the first Last week quarter, against Brisbane. They haven't been Sorry. haven't been that great in the first twenty minutes of games, the first ten minutes of games. So they say we're gonna jag one somehow. Yeah, I like it. okay. No, that's good uh, work behind that actually. That trial of thought. Brisbane scored first last week against Melbourne, so there you go. Uh well look, so we're that, basically that actually so... makes me less confident now. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> so we we're saying the Bulldogs will break the, the drought. However, Melbourne Storm will be too strong, too good on the night. But hey, Crazier things have happened in the world. We might actually pull out the upset of the century by winning this game against Melbourne Storm. And the only way we can do that is saying, if you remember, you're a fan, get to Stadium Australia on Saturday night and cheer the boys on. Hey, let's make it vocal. Let's see if we can get those 50-50 calls our way. And get, get there 10, 15 minutes before kickoff. Don't show up five minutes after kickoff and get in my way. All right. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> That's annoying. We're going to go to the lower-grade watch. Uh... This is where we just have a quick, uh, you know, summary of what's been happening in, I suppose, our junior, our junior grades. SG Bore had a 26-all draw with the Newcastle Knights. The Bulldogs finished the season coming second after nine rounds. The finals to be confirmed. There was a game missing there, so we'll get the details. Hopefully, when when I find out, we'll keep you updated in the podcast and everything like that. It's just at the moment there's no official draw or anything like that with the SG ball. Howard's Mats, Bulldogs finished the season 26, defeating Newcastle 20. They finished 11th. Poor start to the season. They end up sliding up the ladder. You never know if they went one or two weeks earlier, they could have been able to sneak into a finals position. Uh, Jersey flag, we were there for that one. South Sydney had a massive comeback to win 25-24 at Stadium Australia. Pretty disappointing. Uh, but the Bulldogs go on to verse the West Tigers 12 p.m. Sunday at Leichhardt Oval. Hey, I might say, I know it's a Tigers home game. If you're around Leichhardt that day, there is a lot of football happening. There's like five grades of footy happening at Leichhardt, so that's pretty exciting if you're a massive footy fan. Uh, Jersey Flag, they're currently sitting at sixth position. Uh, The Tasha Gale Cup, Bulldogs 22, defeating the Newcastle Knights 18. Bulldogs finished the year at eighth position. Uh, the finals, again, to be confirmed. So when we get a little bit more details around that, Harvey Norman Women Premiership, the Mounties have gone on to beat South 34 points to 10. Uh, they go on to verse uh, Cabramatta at New Era Stadium, 12 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, Mounties are currently first on the table. So good on you, girls. Heartbreaking loss against South Sydney. South Sydney 24, defeating the Mounties 22. And tight one, so both our flag and uh, cut boys went down. They are going to verse, like you said earlier, the Mounties. They're going to verse the round five match against the Western Suburbs Magpies at Leichhardt Oval. Very crazy that they're playing there. Uh, that's going to be a 1.40 p.m. kickoff. At the moment, we're coming about... Four, well, sorry, we're coming fourth in the New South Wales Cup, the Mounties. Uh, so that's your lower-grade watch. 
we'll get uh we'll try to find out what's happening with the if there's going to be any made up games with the SG ball on Harrods mats yeah. if they're going to actually do it or if they're going to go straight into finals so we'll find that out hopefully soon and we'll get you guys up to date what happens next with the bulldogs in those grades um well and the SG ball in particular because they came second so there'll be finals there but yeah that's the wrap up of the lower grades which means the final part of the show, the final segment, Old Dog. Now, I've picked an Old Dog. Those, he might not be legendary status at the club, but he played in a very good era for the uh, for the Bulldogs. He debuted for the Brisbane Broncos in 1996. Uh, he uh, then came to the Bulldogs in ni- uh, 99 and finished up in 2004. He playing 103 games, and then he went on to play 19 games for Melbourne in 2005, uh, tallying it up to be 128 games with 11 tries in the NRL. I'm talking about Dennis Scott, uh, a, a player I remember because he shared, his last name was the same name as mine, so that's pretty cool. That's always cool when you're so growing your up. First name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that was pretty cool. But when you go highlight players, right? We go highlight. I want to highlight a player that might not have, you know, a chip. Achieve what you or some yeah. of the others. Yeah, yeah well, you... well, look, he's unlucky to miss out on the 2004 grand final. Yeah, remember the celebration at the end? Yeah, I remember him there, yeah. wooing uh, <laughs> while another player was being interviewed after the game. Yeah, Jamie we... Feeney as well, unlucky to miss out on that grand final. They were there and thereabouts, that year, those two players. Uh, and they played for a fairly successful time. Uh, sad to have to see them go and play elsewhere afterwards. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I. I Reminds me of those days where, um, you know, you'd watch your reserve grade and you'd know the reserve grade as well as you know the, the NRL. Mm. And well, the players could shift between the two. uh still step up, but uh, shift between the two a little bit more seamlessly. And when players stood up, you actually knew who they were instead of like, oh, let's see how this guy goes. <laughs> yeah, you, you, actually, know what you already knew what they'd bring. Um, and I felt back in that period of time, could just be me, but I felt like every player in our reserve grade team was like a mini version of whoever was in that position in the NRL. Mm. They play no. the same style and try to do the same thing. So if you do need to be called upon, you could go straight into those shoes. Yeah, I I really think, you know, Dennis Scott, like, you know, like you said, playing a lot of reserve grade, uh, ended up playing 103 NRL games for the Bulldogs, uh, which is enormous. Uh, he was a player that, uh, yeah, like you said, he got into top grade and he filled the position. He did it well. And I was say with someone like him and Jamie Finger were playing reserve grade, imagine looking at that on the reserve grade sheet list if they were dropped out last minute or you know, playing. You're like, oh, yeah, we're, we're right. playing cup this week. We're not playing NRL. What are they doing here? Like, you know what I mean? Those were players that came in, did their job, and not just did it. They did it well. Uh, Dennis Scott, like, you almost go to think, mate, if you came playing today, you know, be you'd have like 250 games next to your name. He'd be a starter. Uh, yeah. He'd be a starter. He probably deserved, you know, like it's one of those, he's one of those players that played in a really, 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 really good side. Yeah. And think, you look at the Jonathan Thurston book when Steve Folks, Dennis Scott was, him, Feeney and Thurston were fighting for that position. And when they found out Thursday who was going to be the player if Steve Price was to be dropping out of the side, it was Jonathan Thurston. Uh, Jonathan Thurston tells it that uh, Steve Folks calls him in for a meeting. And Thurston goes, well, what's the meeting about? Like, you know, 
what like what I'm going to be doing on game day on grand final. And then he told Steve Oakes, I'm saying, if price is gone, you're in. Thurston, smiling from ear to ear, walks down out of Belmore, Dennis Scott walking past, and Dennis Scott apparently looked at him and said, you're playing, aren't you? You've been picked if Pricey goes down. And Thurston said it was one of the hardest things to think, because Dennis Scott and Tafini were next to go in and to find out they were just still as reserves. Mm. Um, but Dennis Scott actually turned to him, congratulated him, and said, I'm cheering you on all the way. Yeah, doing it. So team player uh, could have easily been him, two thousand and four, instead of Thurston or Feeney, uh holding the premiership and actually being on the field. But what a uh, what a what a side he played in, reserve grade, demanded success. Uh yeah, I know. Just if he played today, like he would be anywhere. He would be a a, a player in demand. He could. And one thing I wanted to highlight too: playing prop and second row. As well, one of those classical ones. You know, you get some who are just genuinely a second rower, and mm. you put them in prop, and then prop second row. He played in where an era where a lot of them, you know, could shift and actually play both positions well. So mm. even if you had the bench and you lost the second row all day, and you had Dennis Scott on the bench, no worries, he can fill out and play long minutes there. You lose a prop, no worries, Dennis Scott's there. Like he just had that versatility, versatility in the the scrum. So I want to highlight a player who doesn't get the accolades they deserve. And I to be like fair, he, I think we're actually heading back in that direction. Yeah, we are. We are in a couple more years. I think we'll have those players back in the game. But I think that will do us for this week, Scotty. Yeah. Hey, yeah, that will do us. And I just wanted to highlight an old, uh, an old dog that doesn't get the accolades they deserve. And Dennis Scott, I, in my opinion, you're a bulldogs legend. Alrighty, how about we hit the socials? Yeah, so uh, you, you can find us on Facebook, and I'm going to go Facebook first. NRL Bulldogs fans podcast. Uh, it's pretty simple. Name. So please give us a like and a follow. A lot of our followers coming in and likes, whatever it's called on Facebook recently. Follow us on Twitter at Bulldogs Fans NRL. Uh, also on Instagram with NRL Bulldogs underscore fans. And then if you want to reach out to us via email, have a chat, nrlbulldogs.fans at gmail.com.au. That's how you get in touch with us. Anything you want to hear on the podcast, any questions or if anything, we can help you out uh, through the week, like we have with a few of the fans with the membership thing. Hit us up there. That's where you get reached. That's where you can find us. All right. See you on Saturday, guys.